Welcome back to Mishnah Yomi. Today we're continuing to learn Masechlis Erevin, finishing the fifth parak with Mishnah 9, Mishnah Tess, and beginning the sixth parak with Mishnah Aleph. And we are learning Le'ilu Nishmas Michal Zisl ben Avraham in Dovah ben Fivish, Allah Shalom. And we're picking up on a dispute that we began in the previous Mishnah, where Rabbi Akiva said that a person only has 2,000 Amas from his place of residence and not from the city border, whereas the Chachamim said there are situations where... We say that if the city is part of the Erev, so then you, we don't say you have 2,000 Amas to the city, but it only begins at the uh, begins at the border of the city that we start counting the 2,000 Amos. Amr Lehen Rebbe says to the Chachamim, I'm right. You know how I know I'm right? Don't you agree with me? If a person were to place his Erev in a cave, He only has 2,000 Amas from the point of his Erev, from the location of his Erev, and not from the edges of the cave. I.e., that if one one places his Erev in a city, cannot consider the entire city as his four Amos, he considers the, the, the um he considers the point of his Erev the four Amos, not the board of a city the four Amos, like the Chachamim said. Amr Laws, they said to him, no. A Masai, when do we say that a the entire cave cannot be considered like four Amos, and rather and therefore you count your two thousand Amos starting from the the, pla- the exact location of the Erev? When do we say that? Bizman she'ain bodiran in a cave that's inha- inhabitable that's that's not able to be inhabited. It's for it's not properly closed. It caved in. Then we say we don't consider the entire cave to be four amos. But in the event that you could live in the cave, so then we consider the whole cave four amos, and we only begin to count the era of the the, the, the excuse me from the borders. Likewise, if you have a city, we don't count it from the place of the era, but we count from the borders of that city. This is what the response to Rabbi Akiva. That we, if the cave is habitable, if you could live there, so then you count the whole cave as four amos, and then we have additional two thousand amos from the boundary, the border of the cave. So what emerges is the inside of a cave is more lenient than top, because an area of place inside a cave, we treat the entire cave therefore as four amos, and you begin only counting the two thousand amos from the edges of the cave. Whereas if you put an area on top of the cave, so then you're counting from the place exact location and locale of your area. But regarding for one who measures his residence, so here's the, the difference. If you if if you are if your place of residence is elsewhere and your two thousand amos extends and ends up in a cave, even if your measurement ends up in the cave, we don't say that once you're in a cave, the whole cave is not considered a base dira, and therefore you can walk anywhere in the cave. We say you can only walk up to the two thousand amos from where exactly from where your era was. So what, what the difference is the distinction is that if in the event that that your your air begins in a cave in a in a, in a habitable uh, uh, place, so then we count two thousand amas from the boundary of it. But if it ends in there, so then we only have two. It's ending. We don't give you this dispensation that you can say, "Oh, I'm in a base dealer now. I'm in a house now, so I can walk anywhere." Mish Perikvav Perikvav is going to deal with the air chateros, the mavos, etc. There is a the, here's the halacha. We know that if you if you have multiple homes sharing one chatzer, so you need to have an air chatzeros that joins all the chatzeros, all the houses to this chatzer, that effectively establishes a base dira. Everyone has one collective base dira, one collective place of residence. By picking food, they were saying we're sharing a meal here, so we're all technically living here, and then you can carry from place to place. What happens if one of the Jews in there opts out and says, I don't want to do it? Will that nullify the air? What happens if there's a non-Jew there? A non-Jew is not in Betoras, uh, Erev, and he's not, doesn't make an Erev, does that disqualify the Erev? Says our Mishnah, If a person lives with an idolater in a courtyard, they share, they have two houses sharing a courtyard, 
or someone who does not accept the laws of Erev, the, they reject it, they are someone who doesn't reject the oral law, how is it also a love? So the person is not able to make an Erev. Why not? Because you're, you, how can you say we are all sharing a courtyard when someone clearly opting out and saying, I don't share their courtyard, I don't hold to this. Um, now, I just mentioned a minute ago, but one minute, a, a, a idolater doesn't, has no relationship, no relation to an Arab. He's not, he's not Jewish. The laws of Arab don't apply. So it seems that the Chazal established this rule because they wanted to, uh, they wanted to make it more difficult for idolaters and Jews to live together. They didn't want Jews to live near idolaters and to learn from their negative ways. And therefore they established this halacha that they, a Jew cannot make an Arab if there's an idolater living in the courtyard. Um, this is the corner of Meir. Rabbi Elazar ben Yaakov, Omer, no, that an idolater does not create a issue for making Arab because again he's not Batar's Arabin, so we just say he's, we don't look at it as if he's a house. His house is there when it comes in regards to Arabin. The only case where an Arab, where a Arab will get disqualified is if there are two Jews living there and one Jew decides to opt out. In that case, then in that case, then you can't make an error of it, and it's a fascinating discussion. Discuss you have a large city like Linden, New Jersey, and Roselle and Clark, and well, all everyone else is part of our big city. Is it can one Jew really mess it up or not? I wish you all a wonderful day.